That is a slick introduction by our friend Evan Pierce, who hooked us up here. I am Josh Mancuso. I'm the comedian. This is Todd Blackledge. He's the expert. And this is Man in Black, your favorite college football podcast. Todd, it's been a great, great weekend of football. Yeah, it's hard to believe. I mean, you know, it, it seems like the college football season takes forever to get here. And then once it starts, it flies by. I mean, we're already halfway through the season and uh, it's been quite a season so far. That's for sure. It's been good. And we're right in the thick of fall. Are you, um, Yeah. you know, you guys all, does your wife decorate for fall? You guys got fall decorations hanging around the house? Uh, well, we've got, my wife went yesterday to the farmer's market. I think it's the last weekend it's open and bought, I think $300 worth of pumpkins. So <laughs> we have, we have a bunch of pumpkins. She's big Halloween. She likes to decorate for Halloween. So okay. we've got a lot of that going. We, we decorate our house three times, Halloween, Christmas, and Mardi Gras, because she's from New Orleans or Louisiana also. So yeah, we, we go all out in those three holidays. Yeah, I, mean, I love that. That's awesome. We yeah, we yeah. do a little bit of decorating, but my, yeah, my wife had the fall stuff out September first. I mean, it was like oh okay, yeah, all decorations yeah. everywhere. So, yeah, all right, we're having some coffee. Good morning yeah. to everyone, and uh, let's get started here with our recap from from week six. We had yeah. some some really good games. Uh, so let's start first in our week six recap with uh, the game you were at, Michigan versus Minnesota. Did you fall asleep? No, I did not. But you said, let's start with some really good games. This was not a very good game. (laughs) However, Michigan is a really good football team. And I think for me, that was my biggest takeaway because I had already seen Penn State in week one. I'd seen Ohio State a couple weeks ago. And now I got a chance to see with my own eyes, Michigan. And and they're legit. I mean, you know, I, I really think that one thing that happened, you know, with them is Last week, they went on the road and beat Nebraska. That was their best game to date. And then I think they even took that a step further uh, in their game against Minnesota. I mean, they they totally controlled the game. Their defense is suffocating. You know, they 10 points they gave up in that game. That's the most they've given up all season. Now, their schedule doesn't really kick into gear. Like, I think their strength of schedule is maybe 112th in the country right now. So right. we, we won't really know until the end, those last few weeks when they play Penn State, uh, when they play Maryland, when they play Ohio State, we'll have a better idea at that point. But I, I'm very impressed with them on both sides of the ball, their depth and their talent. I think it's the most talented team Jim Harbaugh's had since he's been there. So they've been in wow. the playoffs the last two years, and uh, but I think this is his best team. All right, so this could be it for Michigan. Would you would you go as far as to say that right now? You, you said you've seen Ohio State, you've seen Penn State, you've seen Michigan yeah. all in person. Yeah. Could you name who who the best team in the Big Ten is right now? Well, I think it's Michigan. I think Michigan is the most complete team that I've seen. You know, and again, that that's talent and depth on all levels of their offense and defense across the board. Um, I just think that they they are now. That doesn't mean. That Penn State can't beat them, or Ohio State can't beat them. You know they're they're all capable of that happening. But but so far in what I've seen, I think they're the best team. Okay. And I think I think the other thing that happened last week, even though this is still a year in college football where there's more parity than we've had in a long time, uh, there you know there haven't been those teams that have looked like dominant and a clear cut above everybody else. But I do think the number one, number two teams last week, Georgia and Michigan, kind of flexed their muscles. You know, they both had yeah. impressive wins. Of course, Georgia over Kentucky at home and and Michigan on the road over Minnesota. Okay, so Georgia, Kentucky, I'm sorry, Georgia, Michigan, 
or they, they're, they're the top two teams. They've earned that. Right? Yeah, they're the top two teams. But again, I don't think it's like other years where those two are clearly much better than everybody else. I think yeah. there's still nine or ten teams, you know, right in the mix there that that are college football playoff caliber teams. So yeah. that's me. That's what makes this season that we're in right now incredibly exciting. Yeah, it's a lot of fun when when there's this many good teams out there to watch. So every game yeah. ends up being. A really, typically a really good game. Uh, so the game that uh, I was most interested in this this past weekend was Oklahoma versus Texas. Yeah, the the Red River rivalry. Yeah, um, and I, I made a video about that one. You may have seen that one. It was uh, pretty good. But I, I, uh, I, yeah, I just called my own video pretty good. Um, if you if you say so for yourself, right? Yeah. If you know, <laughs> if, if if I were to grade it, I'd give it an A. Um, and. Uh, you know, I was super impressed with Oklahoma. I mean, Texas, though. I mean, yeah. they're still really good, and they're going to be. They're oh, going to yeah. have a great yeah. rest of their season. I mean, they may not lose another game. I don't. I don't know. But Oklahoma. So I spent some time in Oklahoma this right. summer, and, right. and got to meet some of the running backs and some of the team. I met Coach Venables. Uh, I met Dylan Gabriel, their quarterback, and was super impressed with with all of them. And came back, you know, a bit of an Oklahoma fan. So I was really rooting for them to to do well. And man, their offense is just amazing to watch them. They haven't been tested a whole lot really this yeah. year with the teams they've played, but against Texas, they finally played an evenly matched you know, team and they, yeah. they showed up and they, they found a way to win the game despite Texas coming back there to end. They still did it. And just super impressed with Oklahoma, man. Boomer sooner. Yeah. Well, so a couple things about that game. First of all, <clears throat> it's, it is a great rivalry game and yeah. I've been fortunate enough uh, at the, my previous place of employment to be able to do that game five or six times. And, you know, it's always a noon game or 11 a.m. Central game in Dallas at the Cotton Bowl in the middle of the state fair. Uh, there's only three games left in college football where in the middle of the season or in the regular season, you have 50 percent one team in the stands, 50% the other team. Uh, it's the Oklahoma-Texas game. It's Florida-Georgia in Jacksonville, and it's the Army-Navy game at the end of the year. Mm. And there's something really special when the stadium is like that because the electricity in the stadium never dies down because one side is always happy, you know. So oh, yeah. it's a great environment. And then, you know, this is the first time in several years that both teams came into the game undefeated, highly ranked, highly considered, and um, – and you're right about Oklahoma. I can't say enough about the job Brent Venables and his staff have done yeah. because they, they got blown out in this game last year. It was like 49 to nothing. 49 to nothing, they, man. They, they yeah. weren't even competitive most of the season. Now, part of that was Dylan Gabriel was not healthy all of last year. And when he's healthy, he's a difference maker quarterback. But yeah. I thought it was a great football game, a great win for Oklahoma. And now all of a sudden you got to really legitimately consider them you know, a contender, uh, but Texas has nothing to be ashamed of. They overcame a couple early interceptions by Quinn Ewers. He ended up throwing for over 340 yards. They made a great comeback. You know, they scored what they thought would be enough to win the game, but they left too much time on the clock for Oklahoma and Dylan Gabriel. So it was a, it was a great finish, uh, tremendous football game. And the irony is because in the Big 12, there are no divisions, no East, West, North, South, We'll probably see this team, these two teams, match up again in the Big 12 championship game, and quite possibly the winner that time uh, could make it into the college football playoff. 
Yeah, what a what a cool moment that would be if if uh, you know let's say Oklahoma runs the table, they finish undefeated, they come into the Big Twelve championship with a, maybe a one loss Texas team, their only loss to Oklahoma. What a, what an awesome yeah. championship game that would be. And then you can have conversations. Well, if Texas beats Oklahoma, uh, is Texas that you know they're in the playoff, or does Oklahoma still have a chance because they're they got the same record right. and and they had beaten you know it'd be interesting uh, to see how it all shakes out. It's, it's all yeah. speculation, but it'll be fun when when that time comes. Yep. Um, okay, so Maryland, Ohio State. I was kind of hoping for a mm-hmm. um, a, a a closer game in this, just because you know Maryland. I feel like is a really solid team. You talked about Maryland being a great team um, with uh, Tiger Vailoa. I'm not going to say it. Or I'll let you say it. But uh, uh, you know, I, I was impressed with Ohio State kind of um, making a statement when they were against Maryland. I thought Maryland would keep it closer. What are your thoughts on well, that? Well, so. It was an interesting game because I did watch most of it, and I've got Maryland this week, so I've been watching the film over again. Uh, it was a closer game than than people might realize. I mean, first of all, Maryland jumped out to a 10-0 lead, and yeah. Ohio State was kind of stumbling and bumbling around, and then Maryland did not capitalize on opportunities they had. They had three trips in the red zone in the first half and only came away with 10 points. You know, they had a first and they scored. Then the next time they were in the red zone, they had a first and goal on the six yard line, could only gain three yards and had to kick a field goal. And then Talia threw a pick six and that made it 10 to seven and kind of brought Ohio state back into the game. And then right at the end of the half, it's 10 to 10 Maryland's moving again. They're in the red zone and Talia who he should not make this mistake. It was bad clock management and, and and a lack of understanding of situational football. They had no timeouts. There were 12 seconds left. He threw a pass complete in the middle of the field, and the clock ran out. They didn't even get a chance to kick the field goal to take a lead into the halftime. Um, and they were going to get the ball to start the second half, which they did, and they scored. You know, so they were leading 17 to 10. So it was it was very close all the way through three quarters, and then. Uh, Ohio State just kind of ended up taking control of the game in the fourth quarter, primarily because, uh, you know, Marvin Harrison Jr. is a unicorn. I mean, he's <laughs> he's one of the best players in college football, um, maybe the most complete wide receiver that I've seen in a long time uh, can do it all. And he ended up, you know, with eight catches, 163 yards and a touchdown. He wasn't even 100 percent because he got banged up a little bit the week before. So um, he was very impressive. And and Kyle McCord, you know, Ohio State did not run the ball great, uh, and they were without Travion Henderson, but they threw the ball. And and it's a game that I think Maryland, and I'll be interested when we talk to Mike Loxley this week, it's a game they probably are going to look back and say, we had opportunities to win. We mm-hmm. had opportunities to go in there and win that game. And we just did not capitalize on on our opportunities enough. And pretty soon, you know, we let Ohio State stay in the game. And then ultimately, Ohio State kind of made it look like they ran away with it. But it didn't happen till late. Is that just sort of a an issue, you think, because Maryland is, um, you know, they're not I don't know how to say this. They're new at being good at football uh, yeah. to an extent. So they're not used to playing in those and being competitive like that in those types of games. And they just. You know they're not used to 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 those environments and, and being able to finish the job. I and mean, maybe you give them some time and they'll be able to do that. Yeah, I, I think there's a lot to that. And I think you know Mike Loxley, who I think is a really good coach, and this is the first year that he has said of his team, "Okay, we are finally in year five. We're at a place where we can feel like we can compete 
for a Big Ten championship. Well, that means they've got to beat the three big boys ahead of them, or not all of them, but some of them, Ohio State, Penn State, Michigan. Well, they had a chance. And I think sometimes when you get in a situation like that, there's, there's a difference between expecting to win and hoping to win. And if you just hope to win, sometimes you don't make the plays that you would be more confident to make if you really were expecting to win. And so I think that's where Maryland's at right now. They were in position, but I don't know if they really truly believed that they were capable of doing that, you know, beating Ohio State and Columbus, and ultimately they didn't. But I think they'll grow from this and learn from it, and and they'll have two other opportunities, right? They'll get a game against Penn State. They'll get a game against Michigan down the road. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you mentioned Marvin Harrison Jr. Uh, that guy's got good genes. We know that for sure. He <laughs> yeah. comes from good stock. And um, as far as the quarterback, you no, know, not managing the clock is well. I know a quarterback, uh, Todd Blackledge from Penn State, uh, back in nineteen fifty-five. He would have he would have managed that. <laughs> he would have managed that clock perfectly. When uh, was it? I'm sorry. Was fifty? When was it? Fifty-six. No, it was not. No, it was eighty-two. Oh, he's off. Sorry. 80, 81, 82. Yeah. Okay. I just got, I got confused there. I forget. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Todd's always, he's used to my joking about him being older. Um, yeah. So, uh, all right. Another game that I thought was pretty interesting was USC versus Arizona. Yeah. So, Arizona seems like a team that could be disrupting some folks here. That's two teams they've taken down to the wire that are, yeah. that are solid. USC apparently has no defense. So if anyone's got a defense, you want to let, give them to the USC, they, they could use they could use one. Uh, maybe they could get one, you know, borrow one from somebody else uh, for a while. But, all right, USC and Arizona, high-scoring game. USC pulled it off. How much longer can they keep doing this before somebody gets them? Yeah, I mean, when they play really good teams, I don't know that they can continue to do that. They're, they're going to have to play better defense. Now, let's give credit to Arizona because Jed Fish, their coach, is a really good coach. He's done a nice job there. They're they're very competitive. You know, they had a backup quarterback playing in this game, and he threw for over 300 yards. So he played well. They competed well. The good thing for USC, they still have Caleb Williams, who is another unicorn. There's about four unicorns in college football. We already (laughs) talked about Marvin Harrison. Caleb Williams is one of the other ones. You know, he won the Heisman last year. He's playing even better this year. And he's, I mean, he's got the team on his shoulders right now. And so, uh, you know, he doesn't panic. He just makes plays. He, he steps up when they need him to step up. And, um, you know, he he did it again, kind of pulled a rabbit out of the hat there at the end of the game. But, but you know, when you think about USC playing uh, Oregon or Washington or Utah, you know, some of those teams down the stretch, even Notre Dame this week in South Bend, they're going to have to play better defense. You know, oh, they yeah. can't. They can't just hope to outscore everybody. Um, you know, in a shootout kind of game, it, 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 it'll come up and it'll catch up to them at some point. Yeah, for sure. Arizona, you know, they may be better than people thought. Possibly, their, their yeah. coach's name is Jed Fish. Yeah, not That's, spelled I, F. Not spelled F I S H. There's a C in there too, like F I S. C-H. Oh, of course. They had to go and, and make it difficult on everybody by throwing a C in there. But Jed Fish, what a what a great – that sounds like a good old boy yeah. name right there. Um, all right, cool. Uh, well, you mentioned uh, four unicorns since we're on that. Do you want to yeah. – you gave us two, Marvin Harrison Jr. and, and um, Caleb Williams. Who are the other two unicorns playing college football right now? Yeah, well, the, the other 
maybe there's only three. I thought there was four. Well, for sure there's three. The the one of them is Brock Bowers of Georgia. <laughs> right. The yeah. tight end slash wide receiver is, you know, I think he has kind of set a new standard for the tight end position in college football because He's got great ball skills like a wide receiver, but then when he catches the ball, whether it's on a quick screen or whatever, he's like a running back. I mean, he makes people miss. He breaks tackles. His yards after the catch are off the charts, and that's what I think makes him the special player he is. So, you know, there's a lot of really good tight ends in the NFL now uh, that are receiving threats, and Brock Bauer will be a great NFL player after his time at Georgia is done too because he is he is so good – catching the ball and then what he does with the ball after the catch. And, you know, really last week, if Ohio state didn't have Marvin Harrison step up, I don't know if they beat Maryland, you know, and the yeah. week before when now Georgia didn't have problems with Kentucky, but the week before at Auburn, that was a close game. And if they don't have Brock Bowers step up in the, in the right moment, they might not beat Auburn. So those two guys are, are really spectacular. And, and again, Caleb Williams. And, and I think there's another one, but I, he's skipping my mind right now. But if I think of him, I'll, I'll bring him back out. Yeah, you probably text me in the middle in the middle of the night tonight. Yeah, say, oh, I remember the fourth unicorn. The fourth unicorn, yeah. Yeah. Um, well, uh, I, I think Brock Bowers is amazing. And quite frankly, um, Travis Kelsey um, needs to watch out because Taylor Swift <laughs> may have a new love interest uh, <laughs> when this season's over, and his name is Brock Bowers. Yeah. So, uh, do you think that's all real or not? What is your take on that? I mean, do you think the relationship is legit, real? Do you think it's just a promo, uh, like a PR stunt? I think I mean, it's real, think? man. I think they are. I think they're deeply in love, and and it's good. We're going to see a Travis Kelsey, Taylor Swift wedding soon. Tra trailer wow. Trailer Swelsey. That's what I've I've called them. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think? Is it is it really no, all just I, pretend? No, I I don't know. I don't think it's pretend, but. I don't know. On a scale of it's, on a scale of one, some of it, something about it just seems a little fishy to me. Jet yeah. fishy. Some of it seems a little jet fishy to me. Seems a little jet fishy to me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah no, that, that's pretty good. That's pretty. On a scale of one to ten, how much do you care about the Travis Kelsey Taylor Swift relationship? Yeah, I maybe a two point five. Okay. All right. Yeah. So I'm. Yeah. yeah. I may give it a three. And that's nothing against either one of them. I think she's tremendous performer, yeah. and and yeah. I love him as a football player. I just don't really care to know about their personal life right so. yeah it's not that interesting it's 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 fun for some folks uh but yeah. uh you know we're, we're all about football here on the man that's in it. black podcast that's and it. that's what we're talking about so uh let's get to the next game which was louisville notre dame um well, i wasn't even thinking about louisville before this season yeah. started so what's going wh where they come from why are they beating people what's what's i thought notre dame was going to be awesome what's happening here well, Notre Dame ran into a tough little stretch here, right? So they lost yeah. home to Ohio State uh, in a game they should have won. I mean, uh, credit Ohio State for making the drive at the end of the game to win, but Notre Dame should have won that game. Then they go on the road in the ACC to Duke and had to fight to survive and win that one down the stretch, all right? An undefeated ACC team. Then they got to turn around and do the exact same thing, go on the road in the ACC again, to yep. another undefeated team. Louisville is probably the most surprising undefeated team in college football right now. Uh, Jeff Brom, as the new coach in year one, you know, he played at Louisville. It was like a native son coming home. It, he left Purdue. He had a, did a good job at Purdue, but Louisville was home for him, and he went back. And uh, they got a really good football team. 
And the thing about this game, the Louisville Notre Dame game, is, you know, it was one in the trenches and at the line of scrimmage. Louisville was the better team at the line of scrimmage. They outrushed Notre Dame by over 100 yards. They sacked Sam Hartman five times. They pressured him into three interceptions. Um, they were the more physical, better team from start to finish in that game. And, mm-hmm. and so that was a very, very impressive win <clears throat> for Louisville. So now you've got, you know, all of a sudden you've got three undefeated teams in the ACC that are all very capable. Florida State, everybody thinks is the best. Uh, right. North Carolina is another one that people aren't giving enough credit to because they've got a quarterback who, outside of Caleb Williams, is a legitimate high number one draft pick in Drake May. And now you got Louisville. And there would have been four undefeated teams had uh, Miami not, you know, totally blown the situation at the end of their Woo-hoo. game against Georgia Tech. And so they have one loss. But but Louisville is legit. And and now Notre Dame has to lick their wounds after two losses and go home and play Caleb Williams in USC. So hold on to your hat for that one too. Yeah, we'll talk about that one in a minute because I want to know what you think about that game. Um, so yeah, Louisville, pretty awesome. I mean, I can't wait to see what happens with them the rest of the year um, and how they shape up against, yeah, UNC and some other teams. Um, all right, in the SEC, we had uh, Alabama going into uh, uh, College Station and, and taking out Texas A&M, which is, you know, I think Alabama was the favorite and and uh, certainly before the season was the favorite. Uh, but to A&M has shown some signs of life here. Like they yeah. remember how to play football once again. Jimbo Fisher's, uh, you know, living up to his uh, $1 trillion contract or whatever it is he's got. So, uh, but Bama gets it done at Texas A&M. Were you surprised about that or is that what you thought would happen? Um. A little surprised just because, again, Alabama is – I think they are starting to hit their stride, but they still don't look like some of the Alabama teams of the past. You know what I mean? Yeah. Jalen Milrow is the best quarterback for them right now. He gives them the best chance to win. He threw for over 300 yards, but he still makes a ton of mistakes. You know, I mean, he yeah. still makes some bad decisions with the football. They had a bunch of penalties, you know, kind of uncharacteristic for a Nick Saban team. But this year, they're they're you know that's been a problem for them. At the end, their defense was spectacular. I mean, mm. just really came up with the play. So anytime you go in there, because that's a hard place to go play and win. Yeah. And so for Alabama to go in there and win, uh, and now they're kind of in the driver's seat in the SEC West, you know, and and uh, and I don't count them out of the national championship picture either right now even though they have one loss and there's a lot of undefeated teams i think alabama is in very good position you know to make a run at it which is interesting because everyone says they don't look like the alabama of old or your typical alabama teams and yet even despite that they are still at the yeah. top of of the tier of college football teams because they've just been that good and, and, and that dominant but yeah they don't you know milro seems like he's doing a great job they're just used, you know they're used to having bryce young and Mac Jones, these guys that are, yeah, you know, right. the dirt. Oh, and NFL guys. Yeah. I yeah. Mean, Unicorn. Jalen Hurts. Yeah. Yeah. Jalen Hurts. That's right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, you know, it'll be interesting to see what happens with Bama going forward. I think, um, of course, I'm hoping, you know, Tennessee goes into Tuscaloosa and trips them up there, but uh, that'll be a, that'll be a tough one in a couple of weeks. Uh, yeah. Another game, Washington State uh, versus UCLA. Um, I had been kind of high on UCLA uh, early on. And then, um, at one point, it's kind of ah, they're not looking as good as I thought they'd be, and so in my my weekly picks, I picked Washington State to to 
to win this one. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm going to blame you. You've been telling me about how good their quarterback is and and how right. good they are. And I was like, well, I'm going with Todd's, you know, <laughs> Washington State. And you said, but here UCLA got it done. Yeah. So the surprising thing in that is how good UCLA's defense is playing. Yeah. I mean, Chip Kelly, you know, is a, is a really good football coach, but he's an offensive minded guy. Right. Um, but right now, UCLA's defense is playing lights out. I mean, they they beat. Uh, you know, had a low-scoring game with with Utah. They had a low-scoring game here. You you hold Cam Ward and that Washington State uh, offense to only seven points. Uh, you're doing something. And yeah. right now, there's so there's a a defensive metric that's out there that I really like. It's called stop rate. And what stop rate is is the percentage of drives against your defense that end in either a stop a turnover or a turnover on downs or, you know, punt. And so right now, and, and to me, that's probably the best measurement of, of defense because, uh, you know, it's, it's just more accurate than total yards given up, you know? Yeah. Uh, anyway, the top three teams right now in stop rate are Michigan, Penn State, and UCLA. They're the top three defenses right now in college football. So mm. it's pretty impressive uh, what they're doing, and uh, and you know they're going to be able to play offense. Now they're you know they got a freshman quarterback, so they they got some growing pains with that. But right now uh, their defense is 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 holding them in everything. Yeah, yeah. I look for them to to maybe upset uh, a couple more folks before the season's over. Uh, they're on my hit list for mascots, though. What's a Bruin? I don't know. It's a bear. It's a it's a bear. Yeah, it's a bear. Oh, I didn't know that. Well, yeah, was I supposed to know that? Like well, who says like watch out for that big scary Bruin over there? Like what is what is that? What's a, I, I don't know, but it is a bear. I it's mean, a bear. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Okay. Now the Boston Bruins, that they don't they don't have a bear. They don't have so that's a different Bruin on the other coast. But yeah. UCLA Bruins, their mascot is a bear. Okay. And Cal Berkeley, their mascot is a bear too. The, a bear also. Yeah, that's too many Cal California teams with bears. Yeah. Uh, we might need to switch that up. Um if the California team, they ought to be a it ought to be a battery powered uh bear. Um so <laughs> <laughs> all right. <laughs> Moving on, uh, Georgia Tech versus Miami. Uh, I'll, all I want to know from you is what in the world happened at the end of that game, and is is this coach going to have a job by the end of this end of the season? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's it's look. I, I'm not I'm not in the business of slamming coaches. You know, my dad was a coach for 40 years. Of course, so yeah. I know it's <clears throat> I know it's hard to make decisions in the moment, but that decision to not kneel down is inexcusable and not just for Mario Cristobal. Uh, but I mean, these guys at these major college places, they've got 47 analysts on the field and in the booth. Some of those guys, their only job is to give him advice and, and, to, and to have clock management advice, or should we go for it on fourth down the book, the analytics book that they have on the side, all of that. Yeah. Right. I mean, somebody, has got to let him know if he doesn't know for himself. We don't need to run another play. Kneel yeah. down and let's get out of here with a win. And so, yeah. yeah, I mean, there's and and you know he's owning up to it and he's not going to get fired. But yeah. this is going to hang over his head for a long time. <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, it's just, I mean, they should be undefeated, one of the undefeated teams in the ACC. And instead, uh, you know, they got this ugly, ugly loss to a very average. 
Georgia Tech team on their resume. Yeah, that's a rough. Imagine going undefeated the entire season and looking back, and this is and this is the yeah. one loss that you that you had. What a rough one that would be. Yeah, no, of course they shouldn't fire him or anything, but I, I feel sorry for the guy. What a rough, what a rough way to all the great coaching he's done over the years, and now you know he's being talked about because of this one blunder uh, at the end of this of, of this game. But may, maybe it's is is it could it be less of his fault and more of an analyst's fault who. Uh, you can't you can't put you can't put the blame anywhere else. But, I mean, you've got it's to, on you. You got to take. I mean, you're the one that's getting paid seven million dollars a year, right. whatever it is that he's getting paid to leave Oregon to go to Miami. You know, they gave him yeah. a heck of a deal, so he's the one that has to take the responsibility. Yeah. All right. Well, Super Mario, not so super uh, on this day. All right, yeah. LSU Missouri, last game we're going to go over from uh, this past week. LSU Missouri, yeah. great game. Um, yeah. You know, it was easy to pick. Tigers win. So, uh, <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. LSU, I mean, they've got two losses, but man, they look, they look strong. Sometimes they look, they look really good. Missouri is way better than I thought they'd be. Um, and, um, but uh, a good game for the Tigers. Any, any notes from this that you took away? Yeah. I mean, so I, I'm not going to put him in the um, unicorn category, I don't think. But Jaden Daniels is the other quarterback other than those Pac-12 guys that needs to be talked about because he's playing incredible football. You know, he was really good last year in his first year at LSU and got better and better as the year went on. He's played at an incredibly high level this year. I mean, last week he had over 500 yards total offense. This past week, you know, 400 and some yards of offense, five total touchdowns. And, you know, I don't know what's happened to LSU's defense, uh, but they look a lot like USC. I mean, yeah. these, these are LSU. The only way they're winning games right now is they've got to just really outscore people and blow people out. So, uh, but Jaden Daniels has played extremely well. They've got talented receivers, which LSU has always had big time receivers. And then Missouri is a, is a good team. Eli Drinkwitz, the, the, the coaches, uh, has done a nice job with them. That was their first loss of the season. And uh, now they'll get a chance to bounce back against. Kentucky, I think, and Kentucky, that was their first loss at Georgia. So two teams that will you know, have really good records in the SEC, they'll try to get back to their winning ways. It's amazing seeing these teams like Missouri, who's got to be, you know, compete with, you know, the other teams in the SEC, especially the East. I mean, Tennessee, Florida, Georgia, and then in the West, those big teams for recruiting and stuff. It's like, man, yeah. are there enough players to go around that a, a school like Missouri can can get some of these and it's been cool to see that Maryland, these other teams that you don't expect to see, you know, rising up like that. It's pretty cool um, to, to see that happening. Um, yeah, Drinkwitz, great, uh, great coach, um, I, I think. And uh, LSU, their um, their schedule is that's a pretty rough schedule they've, they've got this year, from what I've noticed. Yeah. I mean, you already got the SEC West you have to deal with the entire season. Then they had they played Florida State at the beginning right. of the year, so that's right. a rough go at it uh, for them. So. Uh, four and two, I guess is what they are. That's yeah. I mean, four or five, four or five and two, two yeah. losses for sure. Yeah, yeah, respectable. It's respectable. Yeah. No, no doubt about it. I'm a big Jaden Daniels fan too. So, all right, let's um, let's look ahead at week seven. We got some matchups coming. Okay. Uh, first of all, the game that you're calling, I believe, uh, is USC Notre Dame. Are you calling that one? No, I'm not calling. You're that not calling. Okay, sorry. Thank, uh, thanks for reminding me, but no, I'm not calling. That. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but it's going to be a fo- good football game. Now we're we're actually doing an NBC game at three thirty this week. That okay. game will be in prime time on NBC. Um, gotcha. 
And, you know, again, for, for Notre Dame, the issue is can they bounce back? All right, a very disappointing yeah. loss on the road against Louisville. The biggest thing they've got to do, two things. They got the, Their offensive line has to assert themselves again. All right, mm-hmm. that's the strength of their team. They ran the ball for only 44 yards against Louisville. They did not mm-hmm. protect Sam Hartman. They've got to do both of those things much better uh, to have a chance against USC because they've got to limit – the number of opportunities Caleb Williams gets on the field with the football. Yeah. Uh, they've got to, they've got to sustain drives. They've got to possess the football and they got to, you know, really limit the amount of times he, he has because mm-hmm. he, he'll score. I mean, he'll score. Oh, and yeah. they're, they're people and the speed they have will be a real problem for Notre Dame. And if you give them too many opportunities, they're going to score enough points that, that you're going to have to play catch up, and and Notre Dame's not really built right now to play catch up. They have to play from the, from the lead. Okay, yeah, I I I can see USC um, winning this game, maybe pretty 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 handily. Uh, I don't know. We'll see what happens. But if you, you're going to pick it, can you pick it? You're going to pick this game on right here on the podcast. Who wins this? You know what? I'm I'm going to go out on a limb and I'm going to say Notre Dame wins this game. Yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go back and 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 I think Notre Dame will will find a way to get it done. The Irish maybe gonna get it done. It's a home game, right? They're in. Uh, it's a home game at night. South and the Bay, last yeah. time we were there for a home game at night against Ohio State, they let one slip away. But uh, I, it it'll be a great atmosphere. It's, it's this is one of those great rivalry games that you know yeah. has has been around forever, and um, and it'll be it'll be a fun one to watch. It's gonna be fun to watch, uh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and that's the night game. I'm not going to be able to watch um, your game. I'm going to be uh, on Saturday. I'm flying to Disney World. Uh, Ooh, so, okay. yeah, yeah. But uh, I'll, I may get to watch the uh, USC game. Uh, one so no, wait a minute. Now, you you claim to be a college football fan, right? <laughs> yeah. Okay. So Same. I mean, and you live in SEC footprint country right yeah, yeah. so like I would say going to Disney World during football yeah. season is about the same as like scheduling a wedding a fall and, wedding yeah. yeah i mean yeah. what you talk to mrs mancuso yeah who wears the fall. pants in the mancuso home? that's, <laughs> that's, that's pretty that's clear what we're figuring out right now okay yeah gotcha. i'm like well we could go we got you know we got a whole monday through friday fall break but no no we gotta we gotta fly out on a saturday uh because of whatever <laughs> reason so um okay. sorry honey i'll be checking my phone the whole time looking at scores and yeah. you know so i can be prepared for my podcast with todd um all right, Oregon at uh, Oregon at Washington. Great football uh, game. Great yeah. football game. Yeah, two future Big Ten teams. You know, this will be a Big Ten game next year, which is kind of freaky to think about, right? Yeah, that's but weird. two teams that are both playing high level football. They both had the week off last week. Yeah. Oregon led by Bo Nix at quarterback in his nineteenth year in college football, and Washington Michael Penix Jr. They're both transfers. Michael Penix Jr. came from Indiana. Bo Nix came from Auburn. They are both playing elite-level football, and it's a real heated rivalry anyway. I don't think mm. these two teams care for each other all that much. Uh, you know, they both have in-state rivalry games, but mm. the Oregon-Washington game has always been very intense. So uh, and that that's a very important game in the Pac-12 because uh, yeah. and, and the Pac-12 has not had a team in the – college football playoff for several years now. I mean, they had Oregon the first year. They had Washington either the second or third year. They haven't had anybody since. And this might be the best year, best opportunity they have to get a team in there. Uh, but this game will be a very important one. 
Yeah, I, it's going to be a good one. And I, I, I'm i going to go on a limb here and I'm going to you know, use my extensive knowledge of, of college football and all the film I watch and whatnot uh, to say that I think Oregon goes up up north there to Washington and and just dismantles the Huskies. I think wow. I don't even I don't even dismantle. think it's going to dismantle. Okay, I don't even think it's going to be close. I think Todd Blackledge that I think Washington might be overrated. Yeah. Okay. Well, I you know what? Just 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 for just for giggles, I'm going to take the home team and take Washington in this game. Okay. Um, and and so I'll, I'll go with the Huskies. You just want to do the opposite of me, of me, don't you? You just you know. Well, I think I think that's where smart money would be that's typically. So if you're a betting man, one, yeah, yeah, bet on Todd's picks, not mine. Although <laughs> I was uh, no, was, I was seven and four this past week. That's not bad. No, I was eight bad. and three the week before. Look, guys, l- listen. They they say the more you know, the better. The less yeah. you know, the better. Sure. Uh, <laughs> all right, next. <laughs> Texas A and M at Tennessee in Knoxville, three thirty game on CBS with uh, Gary Danielson, yeah, um, the guy that you could beat in an arm wrestling match because we <laughs> talked about that. Um, all right, who who what do you think about this game? Is it just a very fairly evenly Tennessee matched had a week game? Off right, that off week. That's right, game, yeah, which is good for them. A and M had the rough loss, a tough loss at home, mm. Alabama. Um, yeah, I, you know. I don't know. I think Tennessee's better on offense. I think Texas A&M's better on defense. Mm-hmm. You know, in, in games like that, I'm, I'm probably gonna, <laughs> I'm probably gonna favor the home, the home team. Sure. I, I think, I think I like the balls in that one. Yeah, it should was, be a good game. Should be a good game. I think it will be a good game. I was surprised and excited to learn that Tennessee uh, leads the SEC in, like, I think rushing yards per game. I think, okay. or, or rushing something like that. Um, which is we got, they got three talented running backs. So. If they can run the ball, they'll be in good shape, I think. Um, but it'll be a fun game for sure. Of course, I'll be on an airplane, so I won't yeah. get to see it. But, right. you know, right. but you'll be I'll, cheering anyway. Yeah, I'll be cheering for the ball, as you know. Um, but uh, all right, so we're going uh, – we're both going Tennessee on that one, I think. Uh, that's good. All right, so Arizona – I didn't know we were doing picks. Are we just picking these games too, I guess? You, <laughs> Apparently we're picking you, them too, l- yeah. You're luring me into these picks. Not I just a preview, but you're luring me into picks. I'm luring you into picks because I know you don't usually do picks because you're an analyst. You have to be uh, yeah, I don't uh, neutral. I don't, I don't normally like picking games, but and here, I like just, huge, so go ahead. Here we go. That's I've roped you into all kinds of things. Yeah, you know, podcast with me. Um, who knows what? <laughs> um, Arizona at Washington State. I just I'll call this Josh's upset of the week, and I just say I just came up with that name. Josh's upset of the week. Arizona, very over, creative over yeah. Washington State. Boom, it's going to happen. Okay. Well, I mean, what do you think? Well, you know, I'm going. You know, I'm going Washington State. That <laughs> yeah, for so sure. Just yeah, Cam Ward will get him back on track this yeah. week. All right, yeah. so Washington State. Look for that to be a. That's going to be a fun game, though. I I I think uh, Auburn at LSU. Yeah, Auburn have so a chance. This game, I've done this game a lot uh, when I was at CBS, and it is one of the hardest hitting, typically, yeah. most physical games of the whole season. For whatever reason, when these two teams play, it is a slobber knocker. Okay, uh, now LSU again is not playing very good defense right now, so maybe this year won't be that way. Uh, but typically, the way you know how physical of a game it is is that neither one of these teams in the past play very well the following week because they're still feeling the effects of the Auburn-LSU game. So, uh, yeah. But we'll see. I mean, I, I think LSU is a better football team, 
than Auburn, but I think Hugh Freeze is doing a pretty good job there. And again, it's a rivalry game. It's a game that Auburn typically plays LSU uh, really tough, but uh, but we'll see. Yeah, Auburn's always you know traditionally historically their program is a very you know uh, physical program, right? They like yeah. to get in there and push people around. So yeah, I'm not surprised to hear you say that 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 those teams playing together is pretty physical and pretty uh, hard hard knocking game. So yeah, all right. Well, I. Uh, you, Plus, you, I can't. I can't ever go against LSU because my wife is a graduate of, of LSU. So I, right. you know, if I don't want to sleep on the couch, I have to make sure that I pick LSU. Yes. No. You don't want to sleep on the couch. Um, I uh, I slept on your couch once, and it it it's not that yes. comfortable. So um, stay in the bed. So you can pick LSU this time because you're what? That could be your excuse yeah. for picking. Yeah. All right. Um, other games, uh, Miami at North Carolina. Does Miami rebound from this thing and go into Chapel Hill and get something done there? I don't think so. I think UNC is one of the better teams in the country, actually, and, and I think going to surprise some people may even end up in the playoff. Yeah. I love to, to talk. Well, I, I think I think Miami will rebound, but but I do think North Carolina is very good. I, and I think, again, you know, kind of like UCLA, the biggest surprise about North Carolina – Everybody knew with Drake May that they would be really good on offense. Now they got their receiver back who was suspended. You know, the NCAA finally changed their mind, which, you know, why they drug their feet so long to let Tez Walker play. Who knows? But but he's back. Uh, but the, the thing about North Carolina that has surprised me and everybody is how good they've been on defense. And mm-hmm. it started in week one when they beat South Carolina here in Charlotte and they had like eight sacks of Spencer Rattler and a bunch of tackles for loss. They have been aggressive, attacking defense, and and their defense has been consistently good all year. So I like the Tar Heels in this one. I think Mac Brown's got a really good thing going right now. Yeah, I agree. Spencer Rattler has spent a lot of time on the ground this year. Uh, yeah. I'm afraid, unfortunately, which he had some comments after they beat Tennessee about Tennessee. That was their Super Bowl game or something like that. So that's why I'm going to Disney World this weekend is because. Yeah, and I heard, I heard you take a little shot on South Carolina's football program in your stand up show at uh, in Knoxville, too. I that, did. That was kind of rough. It was rough. I you know what? I have no mercy. Um, I, I'm, <laughs> I'm brutal. I'm a brutal comedian. Everything goes. And uh, I've got some friends that are Gamecock fans. And I, you know what? I've been to several Carolina football games when I was in high school. And the atmosphere there is awesome. And it's, it's a oh, great yeah. place to watch a football game. Yeah. And, uh, no, I like I like South Carolina. Okay, so but, let me yeah. ask you this while we're on that. Okay. okay. I love I love traditions. You know, I yeah. love – Oh, yeah. All, so, like, the Tennessee and, uh, you know, just the, the Tiger Walk at Auburn and all those kind of things, right? Yeah. The one that, for the life of me, I cannot understand, and I just think it's one of the dorkiest things I've ever seen, and yet they love it, is at South Carolina, the playing of 2001 Space Odyssey, and then the unveiling of the cage and cocky being in the cage. And it's like, I mean, did did anybody not think he was going to be in the cage? Right. Well, was it a surprise? They pull yeah, the curtain I, back, like, "Oh, look, it's the, it's our mascot." I, it's, yeah, I've never quite understood, and but they love it there. I mean, they're they waving the white towels and they're into the song. The song's like yeah. seventy five years old, right? Or no, well, yeah. two thousand one, so twenty yeah. some years. <laughs> yeah, whenever they did it, but yeah, <laughs> that one's always been surprising to me. But but they love it. So. And it's it's a it's a cool entrance. Uh, I like the song. I, I enjoy it. But the the uh, 
the cocky uh, mascot in the cage. I'm not entirely sure about that. Yeah, I think it's something something cooler. Like you know, Auburn's got the eagle that flies down. They need to get a they need to get a rooster to do some, you yeah. know, do some cockfighting or something. Or I don't yeah. know what they're gonna have to do, but it's got to be more intense than than this <laughs> goofy mascot in a cage. Yeah. Uh, so all right, all right, Move, moving on. A couple more games. Um, Missouri at Kentucky. Yeah, two two good football teams, both coming off of losses last week. Mm-hmm. Um, Kentucky's the home team. I, I, I seriously, this one here is a toss up to me. I, yeah, I, I can go either way. I mean, I think Missouri is more explosive than Kentucky. Uh, Kentucky loves to run the football. I'm sure they're going to try to get back to that, be physical, win the the game the way they like to win. Uh, but this one's a toss up to me. Okay, I, I agree. It could be it's a toss up. I, I'm going to give the edge to Missouri. Although, like you, I typically give the edge to the home team. But I think, and I think Missouri's just got something cool going on over there. I just I feel like they're just ready to play all the time, and they, they they've got some. Uh, they have a receiver. They have a receiver named Luther Burden the third, I think it is, and and um, he was a five star recruit that I think a lot of people were surprised that. Missouri was able to keep him, you know, and yeah. that he didn't go somewhere else. And he is a game changer. I mean, he has yeah. been a difference maker for them all year and, yeah. and uh, really a dynamic player. I think, and I think his dad was uh, Luther Burden the second, if I'm not mistaken. There, there's a really good chance that's true. Okay. Or, yeah. yeah. Um, so, well, good. See, I've, I did my research on that game. So I'm, I'm going, I think uh, Missouri is going to win that game. It should be fun to watch though. Yeah. Um, uh, all right, last game here on our uh, week seven list uh, that I've got here is UCLA at Oregon State. Ha ha! Really good football game. I mean, on paper, this is a really good football game because uh, we already talked about UCLA and how good their defense is playing. Mm-hmm. Oregon State is is really a good football team. I think they just have the one loss to Washington State that was up there at Wazoo. Uh, Another transfer quarterback who has found a good home, DJ Uyunglele, went from Clemson to Oregon State. Um, they're, they're a good football team. I, I kind of like Oregon State in this game. Uh, Corvallis is a, is a kind of a fun place for a game. They have a very lively crowd. And uh, I, I'm just picturing, I'm picturing this Saturday like a little, for whatever reason, a little misty kind of mm. – Foggy, you know, kind of situation, and and the Beavers coming out on top of that one. Yeah, Beavers over the Bruins. Beavers over the Bruins. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's 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 a good pick there. I'm going to go opposite. I'm going to go uh, Bruins. Okay. Uh, just because I I don't know I don't have a reason. I just think they um you know I'm a California guy, LA guy originally, so I'm going to pick UCLA and uh, okay. uh, yeah upset. I guess it'd be yeah, it would be considered an upset, right? If UCLA, uh, I, no, I don't know. Not no, UCLA might okay. be the favorite team. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. Here we go. I've got a um, question for you. I've, I, as you know, I release uh, my uh, top twenty-five every every week, just like the AP does and the coaches do. Um, mine's the only one that matters, uh, and the one that people care the most about. Waiting for it to come out is mine. So this is my. Uh, top 25, as you see here. I'd love okay. to know your thoughts on my rankings of the top 25. And if you have any questions, uh, you know, that I can answer for you as to how I came about with this this awesome list uh, of teams. 
Um, of course, we got Georgia and Michigan at the top. I mean, you know, I've got – you know, look, I've got your, your Nittany Lions. Yeah, third. I think that's I, a little high for them, actually. I, do I think you? that's a little high for them okay. at this point. Um, yeah. And, again, they play UMass this week, so we're still not going to know much about them. They'll, they'll have their right. tests down the road. They've got some tough games okay. coming up. Um, you know, I probably would have – at this point, I would probably have Florida State up there a little higher. Okay. Um, Let's see what else. Well, I'm getting uh, a lot of flat. I got people telling me that USC is is too high at ninth uh, because their defense is so bad or whatever. But I don't. I mean, uh, they're still no. undefeated. They're undefeated. They still have Caleb Williams, yeah. They still have the reigning Heisman Trophy yeah. winner, and and he's going to give them uh, you know a chance in every game. I you know you got down at the bottom. You know once really, uh, well first of all, ultimately when it's all said and done, it only matters who the top four are. Because that's true. How many are in the playoffs this year? And then the next year it goes to twelve, which would be interesting. But um, yeah. you know, look so, at look at me with three Big Ten teams in the top yeah. four there. The SEC guy here giving love to the Big Ten there. I, I mean, they're just yeah. good. They just yeah. are. Oklahoma though. And then look at look at look at the future. Next year it would be one, two, three, four, five, six Big Ten teams in the top ten. Yeah, Washington, Oregon, and SEC will all be in the Big Ten next year. Yeah, which is crazy. Yeah. And Oklahoma and Texas will be in the SEC. So uh, anyway, the, so the yeah. other thing, the only other thing I would say is, uh, so you got UCLA at twenty with one loss. Mm-hmm. You've got LSU and Notre Dame both with two losses. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. That's it's tough. That's kind of name brandy, you know. I mean, I think that's yes. that's brand. No, I just think it's that brand allows them to to stay in there. Maybe maybe they should be. I don't know. I kind of like. I kind of think it's cool that there's some other teams that maybe don't get any kind of hype that should be ranked like 24, 25 right now. I don't have a problem having Kentucky still yeah. in the top twenty five because they so, lost the okay. in the country. Well, that leads me to my next question. As a matter of fact, and, and this may be who you're talking about, should these teams be considered for top 25? Uh, Liberty, Wyoming, James Madison, or yeah. any other team? Should they? Could they? Should they be in there? I got a little. I got some people want, want yeah, those guys I, in there. See, I have no problem with that because they each have a great case. I mean, Liberty's undefeated, right? The co- the coach came from Coastal Carolina, took Hugh Freeze's place. They're undefeated. Playing good football. Wyoming has one loss that was on the road at Texas, and we've already mm-hmm. said how good t- you have. Know, Texas number ten just yeah. got beat by Oklahoma, right? Yeah, and they just won a huge game this past weekend. They beat an undefeated Fresno State team who was ranked last week. So I definitely think Wyoming should be in the top twenty-five. And then James Madison. I mean, my goodness, they're undefeated, uh, and it's only their second year of playing. FBS football. I mean, they were yeah. they were in the football championship series division before this, before last year. They went eight and three last year in their first year, and now they're even better this year. So, uh, uh, yeah, I, 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 you could make a case for all three of them yeah. at this point in the season. Agreed. That's cool. It's cool to see those teams getting some, you know, playing so well and getting some love there. I hope they can yeah. get their way into top. Maybe if they're lucky, they'll work their way into the Josh Mancuso top twenty-five. Yeah, uh, well, maybe so. I mean, and that, you know what? They would probably feel like like that was an incredible accomplishment if they make it into your top twenty-five. Huge win. I mean, yeah, they would huge. probably fuel them. For it the would rest be a recruiting. It, it would be a recruiting bonanza for them. 
would have been they said have you seen this guys yeah. look at this yeah i mean it would be <laughs> unbelievable uh okay i noticed at the end of the um colorado uh arizona state game uh things got a little frisky uh and then i saw shadur sanders running over to the arizona state student section and holding up his watch and doing this whole watch did you see that he holds up his watch and then he points to his watch and he shows it off and he smiles makes a big deal and then he runs away i want to know maybe who cares who cares if he does it but i just you know i'm you know What's what? What do you do? What is this? What are you doing? What is that? What are we doing that? What's well, a Rolex, right? I mean, I think that's part of it. I think probably part of it is that he's that he's sporting a Rolex. Um, okay, an nil induced Rolex. Um, I don't <laughs> know. No, whatever. I mean, I look. I think the kid's a great player. Yeah. Uh, and I think he carries himself very well. Uh, I think you just consider the transition he made from playing in an HBCU team last mm -hmm. year, that level of competition up to playing in the Pac-12. And, you know, they lost a couple tough games. They came back and won another one here uh, this past week. So, mm -hmm. you know, they've got a good thing, a really good season going on. And Shadur Sanders is the reason that they're winning football games. He is oh, playing yeah. outstanding football. So, you know, I, I, I'm a big fan of the kid. Uh, you know, I, I'm not sure what he's doing with the watch. But, I mean, <laughs> beyond that, he's, he's, he's really doing a great job. Yeah, look, I've got myself a uh... – I believe this is a time. This is a Timex. I think this is a Timex. I believe here. I'm gonna start doing that after when I. Uh, what you got there? A it's, Casio? No, it's. Uh, gosh, I don't even know what it's or called. Fossil or something? Yeah. I yeah, mean, I'm gonna, like that. Just. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna start doing that to people. Um, just <laughs> when I'm talking smack, like look at the watch. Um, I, I just would have been like, you know, point to the scoreboard or something. Like you just beat them, but you know, what do I know? I didn't play Division One college football, uh, so I have no room to talk about anything um okay what is okay all right if the season ends today if the season ended today who wins the heisman trophy okay see i think no disrespect but i think questions like this are really stupid i know because, that's why i asked the, it this the season is not ending today <laughs> and there's no possible way you know unless some you know could happen. Okay, but I'll answer your question. If it ends today, Caleb Williams would win it again. Yeah. Okay. See, and now I'm a Heisman voter, and so to me, as we move into the month of November and mm -hmm. guys start playing games that really, really matter, uh, that's what I look at because as a voter, I want to see how guys play in the biggest games on their schedule. That That is as oh, yeah. defining of a thing for, for my vote of Heisman as anything else. Not necessarily their stats – or numbers right now, but in those games that really matter. Now, this is a game that matters for Caleb Williams. It's a primetime national audience at Notre Dame at night against a pretty physical defense. So, you know, a good good uh, stage for him uh, this week. Yeah, some pretty good Heisman moments could happen for him uh, in, in a Notre Dame game and then other games he's got coming to. Okay, well, thanks for answering the question. I know you don't like those sure. questions, but I put it in there for that reason, you know, because uh, I want to – Thank you. Know, you. Yeah, yeah, I want to see – you just want to see how you respond. Um, good, it's good. You what? Would you like to know my who I would pick? Yeah, who would you pick? I would also pick Caleb Williams. Yes, okay. but a close second would be Jaden Daniels. I guy has been phenomenal given the the teams that they've played, and yeah, um, he's carried them as well. Um, okay, um, if you could name the most underrated team in college football right now, could you could you put your 
finger on one or two of the most underrated teams that, that people are sleeping on and they shouldn't? Well, I think I would say either – right now I would say one of those two undefeated ACC teams, Louisville or North Carolina, you know, yeah. and I would probably lean towards North Carolina that maybe is the most underrated team, kind of under the radar right now. Yeah. Um, Cause everybody knows Florida state's legit and thinks that they're the best team hands down in the conference. But I think those two teams, you know, are really good. And I really like what, what Drake may and North Carolina are doing. So I would say North Carolina. Yeah, that's good. I, North Carolina, I would also, uh, so I'm just picking whatever you pick. I'm just going to repeat what you I say. So I'll that. say North Carolina for sure. Okay. Good pick. Team. Yeah, really, good pick. really good pick. Yeah. Thanks. Um, all right. Uh, what else do we have? Okay. I just had to mention this. I just don't even know what to think. I just realized that JT Daniels is playing football for Rice, and I yeah. just didn't know. I didn't know if there was a limit to how many schools you could play for in your career. Apparently, you can play for as many as you want, um, and so well, as many his, as you have years of eligibility, you know, you can play it. for as many. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So he's done. His, this is his fourth or fifth team, right? He's, I mean, well, he started at SC. You know, he's a highly recruited kid out of yeah, California, out of high school, yeah. SC. And then he went from there to Georgia, I believe. Mm -hmm. And he went from Georgia to West Virginia. Mm -hmm. And then he went from West Virginia to Rice. That's only four. But I do think there was a fifth somewhere in there. Might have been. I, I wouldn't be I'm surprised. Missing, I think I might be missing one somewhere. But yeah. yeah. He ought to have a couple degrees through all that as well. Yeah. You know, maybe a master's. Uh, I think he was going to start at Georgia, then Stetson Bennett beat him out for the job. That yeah. was the big. Well, no, he did start. He did start. He did, I yeah. Mean, in fact, Stetson Bennett was not the starter in 21, the year they won their first national championship. Yeah. He was the backup, and J, uh, JT Daniels was a starter. And we actually did the game. Uh, they were playing South Carolina. They beat South Carolina in Athens, and JT Daniels got hurt. And yeah. so the next game, Stetson Bennett started. And never came out. So, but but he was not the starter going into that year, and he ended up winning back-to-back -back national championships, and you know, being yeah. the being the starter. So, well, yeah, that's good for him. Um, all right, good. So we're going to end our our time with a, a new segment that uh, I'm calling uh, Ask Todd. It's time to ask Todd. Did you like that? Yeah, that's pretty cool. That's yeah. pretty cool. So uh -huh. we got this is uh, we put a couple of questions out there for the folks on social media, things they want to ask you. Okay. And wouldn't you know it that they're about food? Shocking. <laughs> yeah. um, favorite taste of the town spot in the SEC. This is uh, Jeff Kate. Uh, I guess you Kate Cat Kate. It's probably Kate. See, this is a hard. This is a tough question for me too because I don't want to anger anybody else. You know, any other fan base. Because right. I I mean I've got so many great places in the SEC, but I am going. I'm going to highlight one place okay. in particular mm -hmm. because it's very unique. Um, it's called Satchel's. It's mm -hmm. a pizza place in Gainesville, Florida. And Satchel, or Steve Ray, the actual owner, is an artist by trade. So he's got all this eclectic junk art all around his place. But he makes a deep dish pizza that is as good as I've ever had anywhere. And like I said, the place is really unique. So when I did my Taste of the Town segment there, I did it in a hollowed out 
Volkswagen van that that he drove until it died, and he just parked it in the front yard of his place. And he's got a couple tables in there, and they serve meals inside this Volkswagen van. So I had the deep dish pizza and this incredible salad. With they only have one salad dressing that is wife's recipe for it. And uh, so Satchel's in Gainesville, Florida. If you're ever in Gainesville and you want some great deep dish pizza, go see Satchel. That's great. Yeah, if you ever find yourself accidentally in Gainesville, Florida, uh, <laughs> go down to Satchel's and check out the pizza. Yeah. Uh, okay, I didn't see I didn't see Gainesville coming. I really didn't. Of course, I've never yeah. been to Gainesville. I, after I drove through there once um, as quickly as I could, but uh, <laughs> next time I'll stop at Satchel's. Uh, yeah. Okay, this is from uh, Mark Castile. Um, Todd, what is your taste of the town go-to in Knoxville? Um, and then second, Josh, where do you get your comedic inspiration and why is it your uncle? So Mark Castile is my uncle. Oh, okay. uh, and so he, uh, he, first of all, I'll answer the question. I get my comedic inspiration from, from him. Obviously, uh, he's very funny, very funny guy. Not as funny as me. Uh, but we, we go back and forth, crack, crack each other up all the time. He's a big Vols fan and we, we have a good time. Uh, so Mark Castile, great, great uncle. Um, and he loves to go to Vols games, loves to go to Knoxville. So what's your taste of the town yeah. go-to? I already know the answer, I think, because yeah. we've talked about it, but I, you, you tell the folks. Yeah, and, and I guess it, it technically it still counts for Knoxville, even though it's a, a little bit on the outskirts. But my place there is Litton's. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I love, the, uh, I love getting a big bacon cheeseburger with grilled onions on it and their homemade, home, homemade onion rings. Uh, and then you got to finish it off because it's, you know, it started as a bakery primarily. And so, you know, their red velvet cake or strawberry cake, uh, all their cakes are ridiculous, but yeah, that's, that's my go-to place in Knoxville. Litton's so good. You guys got to check it out. In fact, when I was down there for the South Carolina game, uh, we had some family in from California. My parents took them to Litton's. Uh, yeah. And I don't know. I'm sure my parents knew that's where they should go. I think they just Googled it and Litton's came up as a, a favorite. So oh. I thought of you. So, uh, yeah, great segment there asking Todd. So folks are listening. Send us some questions for Todd um, for future segments. Um, nobody cares about it. There's no there's no ask Josh segment because nobody cares what I think uh, or where I eat. Uh, but Todd Blackledge, you are the man. Thank you for doing the podcast with me. Here we are. On our third one. Yeah. And, have fun uh, at Disney this week, by the way. I will. I will have fun at Disney. In fact, actually, that reminds Actually, there's, a. I guess, a third question, as uh, I, I forgot to ask, because I am traveling to Disney. Yeah. Uh, so uh, do you have a favorite ride that you would, did, at Disney that, that Todd Blackledge has been on or would like to be on? Or, you know, when's the last time you went to Disney? Yeah, it's been a while. It's been okay. a while since I've been there, but I would probably – at this point in my life probably would say Dumbo and the flying elephant would be my favorite ride. <laughs> I just need something chill, just kind of up and down a little bit, just smooth, look over the park. Like, I don't want anything that's going to upset my whole ecosystem, you know? So, man, I'm right there with you. I got my two older girls. They want to ride roller coasters and I'm sending their mama with them for that. I'll take the little one and we'll go ride Dumbo. Yeah. Uh, we'll ride. It's a small world. Yes. I yeah. Mean, Float through oh. the water, air conditioning. I mean, you can't beat that, right? Yeah, that's the way to go. Uh, okay, last question. Do you have a favorite Disney movie? Mm. Or one that you think is the best? This is the best Disney movie that you've ever seen. Well, there's so many. I mean, I, I, I'll give you – I think my favorites, I love – 
well, I love the Pixar movie Cars. You know, I think that that was yeah. great, right? But then classic Disney movies, um, too, and they kind of are a similar theme. I love Lion King, mm -hmm. and the one before that, uh, Jungle Book. Love, oh, yeah, man, yeah. When I, I was a kid, Book. I watched Jungle Book on repeat, and I watched Robin Hood on repeat. Yeah. The, fo the foxes playing Robin Hood. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so, I love yeah. King Louie on Jungle Book. My man King Louie. Now I'm the king of the swingers. Yeah, the jungle VIP. I missed the top and had to stop, and that's what's bothering me. I want to be a man, a man cub. I love that dude. Yes. <laughs> Keep going, Todd Blackledge. <laughs> Woo! Did you voice Louie? Because I think that was no, I did not, but I like it. Yeah, man, that's good. That. That clip's going on social media. We're done. That's it. <laughs> Amazing. Well, I watch a lot of Frozen at my house because I have all girls. So, uh, and the Frozen movies are are they're great. They're good. Uh, but I'm a big <laughs> I'm a big Jungle Book fan. Um, I like the new uh, live action movie. Uh, the new Aladdin was pretty was pretty okay. cool. The live action one that was pretty fun. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I'll um I'll give you a full report when I get back. I'll be trying Please some do. foods as well, and uh, I will uh, let you know. So. All right. Last words, Todd, for the weekend. Anything? No, man. Just keep it rolling. It's gonna be a fun, gonna be a fun weekend. And and again, we're at the point in the season now where things get real. I mean, the games all mean a little bit more now from here on out. You gotta win. You gotta win. Just man in black podcast. See y'all next week.